Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 81, Barry Shore, Stewards Joy and Growth. Here's a shout out to listeners in Portugal and in Alberta, Canada, in the US, in Maryland, Bel Air, Bowie, Crofton, Owings Mill, and Pasadena. With that, let's get started. No matter what I say about Barry Shore, I can't give you a full picture of what his life is like. I mean, I can mention a few things. For example, when he was young, he worked outside Fenway Park. He spent three years in Europe. He owned a fashionable boutique in Boston. He has a degree in history and economics. He was a wholesale diamond dealer. During his career, he trained more than, oh gosh, thousands of people. He built an international telephony company. Those are some of his accomplishments. He's also been in intensive physical therapy because of a hit-on car collision and for rehabbing from a full-body paralysis. He's been through a lot of ups and downs. I would be remiss if I did not mention that he calls himself the Ambassador of Joy and has written a book that really is all about joy. To give you an idea of what he's like, I'm going to share with you his introduction, his welcome, which is most unusual. Check it out. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Now, Gary, how can I make the categorical statement that all the many thousands and thousands of people that are listening are all good-looking? Because, by definition, if they tune in to listen to you in a leadership principle program, they're always looking for and finding the good. That's the definition of a good-looking person, looking for and finding the good. And I want to say a very big thank you to you for the opportunity to share with you and the people that listen and the people that will be sharing who have been, are listening. And as it goes along the ripple effect throughout the world to any particular insight that might strike them as truly resonant in the sense that, oh, thank you. I could use that too. Part one, your words matter. If you've listened to enough of these podcast episodes or read my books on leadership, you know that leadership is going through a transformation. It's radically changing from what I would call traditional leadership. Traditional leadership is built on the leader-follower model. In it, you're trying to accomplish work through other people. In contrast, the contemporary version is all about helping other people develop their leadership capabilities to develop them mentally and morally. In other words, help them build character. Leadership is not about you. It's about other people. In this story, Barry not only shares something that someone said to him that affected his viewpoint, but he also begins to characterize and illustrate what this newer version of leadership is. Here's Barry to explain. I am now chronologically 72 years on this planet. I want to go back 51 years. I was 21 years of age at the time. I was living in where I was raised in a 
place called Brookline, Massachusetts, which is very famous for a number of different things. One of them being it's the town literally adjacent to Boston and living in the shadow of Fenway Park. Mm. It's also the birthplace of John F. Kennedy. And it's the home of several remarkably famous in the Jewish concept of the world as great leaders. But I was walking along a place called Beacon Street, very famous street in Brookline, next to a man that I consider a great mentor. His name is Mr. Zahn. That's Z-O-N-N. Mr. Zahn is, just imagine this, he's all of about 5'4". <laughs> okay. Ramrod straight, always had on a very nice hat, dressed in a suit, and it was an autumn day. I was privileged to know Mr. Zahn for a number of years already, about one or young, almost two years. When I would walk with him, I would query him what it was like when he was growing up, because he grew up in Germany, pre-World War II, around World War I, and what it was like growing up the way he did and his teachers and such. His English was remarkably good for the fact that he had only lived in the United States for about 18 years at that point, which is not enough to acquire an English accent if you have other language you grew up with. He told me something that he translated from the original German and the original Hebrew into something that truly allowed my direction of thought, speech, and deeds to shift into a higher realm. So I'm going to say the words, and then we'll go a little bit deeper. You ready? Yes, yes. These are the words Mr. Zahn taught me. Speech is the vessel that channels blessing into the world. And a conscious, conscientious person tries with all of his faculties to continually dispense blessing. Beautiful. It took him a number of times to teach that to me, because that's a mouthful and a half, right? It is a mouthful, but it's beautiful. But let's break it into component parts. So first of all, speech is a vessel. That's a great idea. Speech is the vessel that channels energy. Well, isn't that what speech is? Words are not just to be bandied about and to be used willy-nilly. Speech is a channel of energy. Speech is the vessel that channels energy into the world. And I now, as a conscious, conscientious being, A, I'm conscious. B, I want to be conscientious with what I'm doing in life. I, as a conscious, conscientious being, try with all of my faculties, I want to use my energies, my power of direction of that energy to be dispensing blessing to the world. I heard it. It took me weeks and weeks of practicing it and working, walking with him. This was so easier to apply as you're walking along the street and you meet somebody that you know and you wish them well, hello, et cetera, et cetera. But he would do it as he walked past, let's say, an apartment building where he knew somebody that he knew lived, and he would say a, a blessing to that person, just gently. May you be blessed with good health. And as we walked along, may you be blessed with healing, because he knew somebody needed healing there. That is what he did. He used his speech to be a conduit of blessing in life. If I remember right from your book, was it him that would even bless people in their homes as he walked by their houses? Absolutely, yeah. Even people he didn't know. His persona was such, because this is how he was taught by his teachers. And I have, thank God, been given the ability to not only train myself, but I'm honored to say many thousands of people who have heard my words and are using this, and to whatever extent they can, of course, because this is a phenomenal insight. And I say phenomenal with a choice of words. 
One of my great successes in life, I was in the diamond business for many years. Thank God, very successful. And I studied gems at a particular school in California. That's one of the reasons I left Massachusetts and I went to California. I studied in a place called the Gemological Institute of America. And I became a teacher there. And it's a very prestigious place. But suffice to say that there are a number of gemstones in the world that are called phenomenal because they have a something called a cat's eye or a, a star sapphire. In other words, they exhibit something that is truly remarkable, a phenomenon. So this became for me phenomenal that I would be someone, a human being, that would be able to direct my thoughts and my words and consequently my deeds towards being blessing for others. That's the key. How would you define blessing? Blessing is a process that opens up channels from what we'll call, for one of the term, the spiritual world into what we'll call the physical world. Our physical beings are not the end-all and be-all of life. We are connected to the oneness of the planet. So when one invokes something called a blessing, what you're doing is you're literally turning on the spigot or a faucet. And coming out from that is what we'll call blessing. In other words, positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant results. When I say to Gary DePaul, you're doing a great job, Gary, with what you're doing here with the podcast. Those are reverberating sounds that will never go lost because we know, according to Newton, right, the first and second laws of thermodynamics is energy is never lost or broken up. It just becomes formatted. So that's what blessing is. It's a mechanism of tapping into the great ethereal presence in life and bringing it into the physical. I never thought about blessing in that way. I'm so glad I asked that question. I'm glad you did as well. <laughs> I would like to just bring out also, the speaking of Brookline and John F. Kennedy's birth, yeah. birthplace, uh, I was, uh, how old was I? I was 12 when he was inaugurated. And I remember his uh, part of his uh, inaugural address that was very stirring, which people quote still today, and it still reverberates me because I heard it over the television, of course. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. How apropos, especially in today's environment. Now, this podcast will live on for decades, maybe even centuries to come, but we can date it. It's in the year 2021. The ability now to ask that question, to be mindful of that speech, that leadership quality that John F. Kennedy had asked, and he was not the first one. He was paraphrasing someone else who had created the idea, but ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That is very similar to what Mr. Zahn taught. That speech is the vessel that channels blessing into the world. And as a conscious, conscientious person, I try with all of my faculties to continually dispense blessing. Part two, where uplift is needed. In the book, Turn the Ship Around, David Marquet explains that leadership isn't about getting people to do stuff. It's about getting people to think. On this nuclear submarine that he commanded, he wanted a crew of leaders. He explains he doesn't want leader followers. He wants leader leaders. He wants to build people's leadership. Barry continues to expand and clarify what leadership is and share some stories as well. Here's Barry. I was digging through memory and ideas and such. 
I'm going to try and put it first, put it in context, and then tell you the story. So the context is, again, I am 72 chronologically. I believe everybody has four different ages. I'm 48 metabolically because I swim two miles a day. I'm 28 mental acuity because I work with a lot of 28-year-olds. My SOW is eight. So people might say, okay, Mr. Shaw, what's an SOW? It stands for sense of wonder. Sense of wonder. I'm an eight-year-old, and it's good to stay somewhere between six and nine. Don't You won't even get into double digits. You only get to 10. <laughs> you can still have a sense of wonder like an eight-year-old. You can really go forward in life and continue to grow. That's what this is about. I learned a phrase many years ago. I think it's probably over 40 years now because as Gary knows, and I'm sharing with the audience, I work a lot with words, acronyms, jumbling words, and finding the what I call the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms. So the word leader has the same letters as the word dealer. Mm. And I saw this and I put it together. I rephrased the quote that I saw and I came up with the following. A leader is a dealer in hope. You know, if you want to compare it to a drug dealer, that'd be fine. I think more of a dealer in the sense of someone engaging in good commerce and such like that. But that's really what a leader is. Someone who provides vision and hope for those people who are now coming with and after the leader has established something. More often than not, Gary, leaders like followers. It's not a bad thing. That's almost what happens as a given. Someone wants to follow a leader because a leader shows hope, shows the grand vision. People choose to follow that leader. The best leaders, in my humble opinion, are those that don't curry favor and want followers. The best leaders want to build leaders. The greatest example that I have known of the, over the past number of decades is a man his name is Rabbi Schneerson. He's known in the Jewish world as the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Now, a rabbi in the Hebrew language really means teacher. And that's what he is, was. He passed away a number of years ago. What he did without ever saying anything to this effect, Gary, without exaggeration, tens of thousands of people around the world, probably numbering in the hundreds of thousands, by this time, generations later, millions of people who have been touched by his wisdom, by his teaching, by his very presence. Again, without ever using these words, what he endeavored to do was not to raise up followers, which easily could have happened. Many, many people if you ask me, yeah, I'm a follower of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, but that was not what he wanted. He built leaders. He allowed, as you said, people to gain mental, physical, and spiritual awareness of themselves. And by doing so, when you endow someone else with that ability, that's really, in my humble opinion, the greatest possible attribute of a leader. Endowing someone else, showing them that they can be the best self, their best self. We don't need another Barry Shore. It's not obvious what the Gouldoy make. What they want, what we want, is the best Gary DePaul. It's the best whoever you are listening. The show is not Barry, about Barry Shore. It's not about Gary. It's about you. When you become the best you possible, then you are stepping into the shoes of who you are meant to be. You are now a leader. And this remarkable being who inherited, walked the earth for almost 70 years, again, name is the Rubavitcher Rebbe, he built 
up tens of thousands of people who came into their own physically, mentally, and as he mentioned, most importantly, spiritually, because it is the spirit that animates the flesh. Now, we all know it, or we think we know it, and it's a glib phrase, but it is really the spirit that animates the flesh. Just imagine a 19 or 20-year-old male marrying an 18 or 19-year-old female and inspired by the leadership of this person, now, first of all, accepting marriage and all the responsibility that goes with that, and now leaving wherever they were in their ancestral home, whether it was New York, New Jersey, California, Scotland, England, wherever it could have been around the world, and at direction and behest of the Lubavitch Rebbe, go to a place that needed uplift, it needed uplift, not just by this person called the Lubavitch Rebbe, but by these new people, this new couple who were united in a mission, and they became leaders in their own community. And there are stories that are legend that span generations of people who met young couples like this, who sometimes stayed 10, 20, 30, 40 plus years in a particular community, who were able themselves to inspire people to grow the best of themselves, mentally, physically, and spiritually. That's the genius of leadership, to be able to raise up other leaders and endow them with that inalienable right, to quote a great phrase, that when you grow into who you are, the best you, you make a difference in the world. As we say in my book, The Joy of Living, you can go mad. Now, mad, of course, is a great acronym. It stands for make a difference. When you become the better, best you, you make a difference in the world because you're leading a purpose-driven life. That is the true calling of a leader, to live in purpose, to make a difference, and to, by their very being, as well as, of course, their speech and their deeds to enable others to grow into their best self. There's a word that I use quite often, which I think will resonate with you, but it's not a word that's not uncommon. It's stewardship. When I think of what you're saying about helping people grow to be the best that they can be, the best you, that is a way of being a steward of those three elements of helping people gain mentally physically and spiritually. You are spot on, wonderful, Gary. And it, it's, I'm just looking at the word, I wrote it down myself. We use the term, I'm looking at it. Now, what is a steward? A steward is a servant. And actually, stewards used to be often on ships. <laughs> yeah, Remember? yeah, yeah. So I wrote down and looked up the word. I'm looking at stewardship. Uh, I'll just tell you a very quick, fun story. My wife and I got married in 1977. We went on what we call honeymoon, right? Yeah. So I said, let's do something really interesting. And we flew to England because she has some relatives there, some distant relatives. But we went to England. We spent a very beautiful week or 10 days there. And instead of flying back, we took the Queen Elizabeth, QE2, they call it, Queen Elizabeth II, which was at that time the largest floating ship in the world because the Queen Mary had been retired. So we went on the QE2. But we didn't just go on the QE2, Gary. We went on the QE2 first class. Mm. I was under 30. 
<laughs> I wanted to do it because I knew it was going to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And so I actually met stewards on ship who were dressed to the nines because you couldn't serve in first class unless you had pressed uniform and things like that. So we were used to the white glove service and such like that for those few days on the voyage back. But yes, you're absolutely correct. The ability to understand that the true essence of leadership is stewardship, and the word that we use today is service. Part 3, The Hero's Journey Another way to think about leadership is it is a way of helping others along their journey while you're taking the journey yourself. Barry talks about the journey in a unique way, and he shares some advice for us going on the journey. Here's Barry to explain. Thank you, Gary, for the opportunity. And thank stands for to harmonize and network kindness. And that's what Gary DePaul excels at, harmonizing and networking kindness, because that's what this is really about. It's a kindness to be able to enable people to share together in a community that values insights and growth, because without that, then uh, we're just going to be eating grass. And that's just not the way we want to live. We want to live exuberantly. My one item that I would like to urge people as a takeaway is the following. Here we go. Drum roll. Fanfare. Ta-da, ta-da. Be a hero. Be a hero. What is that, Mr. Shore? Okay, let's unpack it a little bit. So I trust that most people have heard of or maybe even read or know about The Hero's Journey. Ah, it's a book that was published only in 1987, but the, the work that's surrounded it by the author, Joseph Campbell, predated that by several decades. But the hero's journey is, in, in essence, every person's journey. That's the genius of what he wrote about. You are a hero. And once one recognizes it and understands that it's hero in the sense of not necessarily just having a superpower and therefore being able to climb buildings like the Superfly or the Hulk or this or that, but it's by being the best you. I work a lot with words because, in my humble opinion, words are the most magnetic way of resonating with other people and with oneself. Self-talk is the most important speech you'll ever hear. But for the moment, HERO is an acronym that I find is the following. Hero, H-E-R-O, help everyone regain authenticity. Help everyone regain authenticity. For the sticklers in the audience, <laughs> you'll say, oh, Mr. Shaw, Mr. Shaw, authenticity, spell A-U-T-H-E-N. Yes, I know how to spell it. <laughs> how do you spell it? You break through that and think in the sound, the automatopoeia. Authenticity, that's the O. To be authentic, to be you, is to be called into your best self. When you are the best you possible, you make a difference in the world. You are truly mad. You're living life in purpose. You're uncovering the secrets and the power of these everyday words. When you are able, as a leader, called upon as a leader, to help everyone regain authenticity, then you are now living life to the full. And the best way, of course, to do that is to become your own hero. 
when you look at the hero's journey, that particular summation that I think is used, it's run something like this. The hero goes forth from the world of the common into an area they call supernatural wonder. Mm. And there encounters all kinds of forces and eventually has a decisive victory. So now what the hero does, it doesn't revel just in the victory. The hero comes back from the mysterious adventure with that power to bestow benefit on others. Remember we talked before about blessing? Yes. To bestow benefit on others. It's called a boon in old literature, right? (laughs) To grant a boon. Yes. Become a hero. Learn that you are a hero. Yes, it doesn't matter what your position is in the world pecking order of business. You can be the street cleaner. You could be the head of Amazon. doesn't matter. It's what you do to help others, everyone regain authenticity. When you are authentic, Gary, you live in the world of attraction. You attract to you that which is necessary for you to become the best you. And it involves everything from the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. To be an attractive, good-looking person, remember, always looking for the good, That's the essence of what I would say is the best takeaway that I could urge people to think about. Be a hero. Help everyone regain authenticity through looking at and working with and interacting with you. Can I add one thing to the hero's journey? Please. The hero cannot go into the supernatural realm without help. That is so well said. You're making an extremely important point, and thank you for mentioning that. Yes, you. the allies are imperative. So in the world of the word community, something I'm working with, I'm building a community at this very moment, by the way. It's called the Joy of Living Community. It'll be coming out, God willing, in uh, I think beginning of September. We're going to welcome people to come in and join the worldwide movement. The word community is fascinating because in the word, C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y, the U precedes the I. That's the essence of unity and community. The U precedes the I, but you need both. (laughs) You don't have community. It's not just the U. The U and the I, they need, both need to be there. The energies are intertwined and together they create that new synergistic whole. My thanks to Barry Shore. If you'd like to learn more about Barry, go to the show notes. And if you have a question or comment, go to unlabelleadership.com and click the message icon. You can leave a voicemail message up to one minute. I'd like to thank those who contribute to the show. I'd like to thank those who contribute to the show. Your contributions help offset some of the production expenses. And it makes a difference because this is an all-volunteer service. But mostly, I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, lead on.